What's up, guys? Josh here from Pocket Fortune Podcast, and we got our guest here, Kyle Odin, once again. I'm here a lot, aren't I? <laughs> so our outline for the podcast is going to be the stock market drop at the end of the week, then how Apple was coming down since September 2nd, tech tensions, how NASDAQ ended the week down over 3%, and how there's been a rush put out on the COVID-19 vaccine. So uh, Thursday and Friday, I experienced something that I forgot could even happen. You know, the stock market went down. I mean, I, I, I honestly, I, I forgot this could even happen since, you know, <laughs> COVID, since, since we recovered from COVID. But it's funny because the reason we recovered so well was because tech. I mean, tech was leading us. And when Apple dropped I, some percent, it, it, Apple had a significant drop after a few days after it split. And I think, you know, when tech goes down, people naturally panic because tech has been so stable, so consistent and has actually been like saving us from a recession, which is what everyone thought would happen after COVID. I mean, once COVID started, businesses were shutting down. People thought, you know, how can the market possibly go up? But because of tech, which, you know, it isn't really necessarily affected by the coronavirus, it just brought the market up so much that it became kind of the lead for the market. So when tech goes up, the market goes up. When tech goes down, like it did on Thursday and Friday, the market absolutely tanks because everyone thinks that, you know, the world's ending, bad things are happening. Yeah, I mean, on, on I think it was Thursday, yeah, the NASDAQ was down like 5% and the Dow ended up down um, 900 points, which is not quite 5%. But you can kind of see how like the Nasdaq kind of leads the the dip, and then like Na- uh, Dow and S and P five hundred kind of follow that with similar but not quite the same losses. So Apple has been going down since September second, which I think was the day after its stock split, because the first day it it went up a lot, which is kind of weird because normally in a stock split the stock goes up, especially with something like Apple. Right, it becomes so much more affordable, so people buy more shares, and you have people that initially couldn't buy shares now can, which opens up the the shares to a whole bunch of new fresh capital, which um, of course causes prices to rise because of the influx of new cash. So it's it's it makes sense that it it spiked the first day, and similar to to Tesla, but it going down after that. I mean, it kind of. It kind of makes sense, but at the same time, it doesn't because, I mean, it saw a huge influx even before the stock split when people were kind of pricing it in because they knew it was going to happen. So that could be part of the reason why Apple and Tesla dropped so much later in the week because of this huge uh, influx in such a short amount of time. Well, I, so I think it's interesting because we saw um, when, you know, uh, sorry to get a little off topic here, but the, the Fed, when they dropped interest rates to zero, we had so many new investors because, you know, where else are you going to get money from? You know, you have to put it into stocks and the stocks rose dramatically. I mean, I think people in Apple, you know, in Tesla, when it split, those stocks have already gone up, gone up so much. I mean, Tesla went from 300 to over 2000. That's just ridiculous for a stock in less than a year. And I think people are actually, actually sold it when it split. The same reason why they sold it when Amazon became a one, one trillion dollar company. I mean, I, it, it, 
if you look at the Amazon graph, actually, when it hit $2,058, I believe, it just absolutely tanked. Because everyone was like, okay, this is a good stopping point. I'm just going to take my profits and, you know, pull out of the market there. And I actually think that's what happened to Tesla and Apple. You know, as soon as they split, people saw this as, well, they've gone up a ridiculous amount. I mean, 80% last year, Apple's gone up. So, I mean, Tesla's, you know, like, I mean, Tesla is just ridiculous. It's gone up over 600%, almost 700% at its highest point. And I think people are actually just stopping and taking their profits now, you know, cashing out. It's like in gambling, when you get a really good streak, you're, you know, you leave. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. It it totally makes sense because there's got to be some point, especially in when you have such a bull run like this, there's got to be some point where investors say, all right, now it's getting a little bit too risky. I've made a ton of money. Let's just cash out take my profits, move on, you know, and it's, it's, it's a good way to secure, A, secure your profits and B, minimize your risk, especially after such a a long bull run. Like I said before, it can start to become um, a bit more risky and worse comes to worse. They take their profits. They use their newly made profits and reinvest it. So next we got uh, tech tensions and this is kind of where the U.S., is battling it out with China. I mean, as I'm sure most of you guys know, that's been, I guess, a common theme over the last years. Um, but especially with China's semiconductor uh, company, the big company SMIC, and uh, the U.S. is actually trying to blacklist them, which means that the U.S. is going to is thinking about to um, not sending any more uh, American goods or exports to. Uh, that Chinese company. And the reason why is because there are products that the Chinese company needs that come from the U.S. to be able to make their um, their products. And even if China could make those products on their own, it would make it more difficult for the company, right? And the whole reason is because the U.S. believes that this tech company is using their products to spy and get um, sensitive information on, I believe it was the People's Liberation Army, and China denied it, but the U.S. doesn't trust them, blah, blah, blah. So you get the point, and I mean, that's where it kind of, where it is at the moment, basically. Yeah, and uh, speaking of the uh, U.S. and China, the coronavirus vaccine, I, I believe you actually know a lot of information about that. When do you think we can expect a vaccine and what's, what's going on in that world? Okay, so I don't know. I mean, I think it was Fauci, yeah, said that he expected a vaccine, um, like early, early, early November. I think it could be possible, but I don't think it's realistic. So just because it could be possible doesn't mean that it's realistic in that I mean, because the reason why it takes a vaccine so long to be made is not because of the medicinal factors. It's because of the the regulations and the governmental factors. So like FDA approving them, needing human trials to determine if the vaccine works, if it's safe, what are the effects, etc. So when the FDA tries to put a rush on it, um, it's it's cutting corners, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it normally tries to make it the quickest possible. And now when it reduces that time even further, it's cutting a lot of corners that could potentially create harmful effects or I, things that weren't foreseen in the vaccine. Um, yeah, go for it. So um, 
I, I'm, I'm just wondering, you know, at what point is it worth the risk of cutting corners? I mean, I mean, how many should we cut? How many, you know, should we actually, like, how many are in place to actually protect us? And how many are there to make sure that we don't get sued by some random Karen, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I, I also think it's interesting, though, speaking of cutting corners, I mean, I mean, Russia and China have actually been found spying on the U.S. in their production of the vaccine. An article came out today um, talking about it, how two spies actually confronted each other. Just kind of funny. But, you know, Russia apparently developed that vaccine, but clearly it couldn't be trusted by the people or, I mean, or even them, you know, no one's taking it because I think at that point it's cutting too many corners. But for the U.S., you know, we have more regulations than the Russians do overall when it comes to, you know, the FDA and things like that. At what point should we cut these corners, like to, to actually keep us safe and make sure that, you know, nothing bad happens like 10 years down the road to these yeah. people, but also, you know, like, how many lives will we save if we get it out a week earlier? Right. So, I mean, it's a good question. And honestly, I mean, uh, kind of a weird answer, but I think there's a, a balance. Because you don't want to release it too early. Like, I mean, Russia released it, what, a month, two months ago? I think that was way, yeah. way, way too early. You don't even know at that point if the vaccine works at all. I mean, all you can do is look into the medicine and say, oh, well, we've seen this kind of work in the past, so... I mean, like, you can't do human trials in that time period. I mean, it's even um, dangerous in that you don't know the long-term effects. There are a lot of um, vaccines that can have long-term effects. We don't know um, if we don't do thorough human trials. We don't know if this vaccine could actually be making people more sick or more susceptible, although I doubt it. But So I think there's a good balance where you don't want to cut it too close, but I do think it should be sped up a bit. Um because, yeah. I mean, obviously, coronavirus, people, you know, are dying every day. So if we can get a vaccine, the, obviously, the quicker, the better. But one thing I will say is that I read an article that came out sometime this week. I think it was like Wednesday, Thursday. Um, and it was about how vaccine companies are pledging not to follow the faster track um, for vaccine release that was proposed by the FDA. So they actually want to take the full time to that would, that it would normally take instead of rushing it. Um, and I, I would assume that they're doing that for the same reasons that I just stated because yeah, they don't it can want, be well, dangerous. Just, you know, they don't um, want to be sued. Yeah, I, I mean, that too. Um, so it, it's, it's an interesting kind of back and forth because, you know, our, these companies now are not, are saying that they won't. Um, release this vaccine early. Question is, will they? Will they not? Um, and even if they release it on, I guess, the normal track, it's still a little bit quicker than normal. Um, so what are the effects? Will the, will the vaccine be good? I, I don't think it's going to come out in November. I just don't really see that happening. Um, I mean, it's, it's September. That gives us two months, less than two months and the vaccine should be out, what they say. So I don't know. I say, I say it's possible by the end of the year, but honestly, um, there's no way for us to tell. And I, I think we'll see as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, as you said, as time goes on, we'll definitely get more more clues, I guess, to when it's coming out. And I mean, we'll see eventually. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I, it's hard to say at this moment. Um, there's a lot of factors involved. So, so um, well, thanks, thanks for having me on, Josh. I, uh, yeah. 
No problem. Yeah, uh, and I, I, I'll, I'll see you all next week, you know? <laughs> Sounds good. All right, thanks for listening, guys. See you later.